Empire. Call the fake news the enemy of the people, and they are. It's a serious question. I, I appreciate your passion. I share it. I've addressed this question. I've addressed my personal feelings. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. You're listening to Just Ask the Question, Adventures in Reporting with your host, Brian Karam. Hi, and welcome back to Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and with me today is James Carville, the Raging Cajun, former uh, Clinton advisor, often quoted by Donald Trump, and one of the leading strategists in the Democratic Party. We'll be with him when we come back. So, uh, James, thanks for being here. I guess I it's just asked the question, so I'm just going to ask the question. Can the Democrats win in 2020? They, yeah, I mean, the Republicans can't win. The Democrats can lose. Explain that. Well, the country does not want them back. But the Democrats can talk their way out of the election. Look, look, look at the U.K., where Boris Johnson is a utter disaster, but he'll probably win a snap election because Jeremy Coleman has made himself unacceptable. Are the Democrats doing that here? I hope not. I hope we don't. Hey, well, you've seen the debates. Yeah, I mean, you know, some do better than others, but I, I you know, it worries me a little bit. It does. <laughs> do you think we, the Democrats, have a candidate that can win at this point? Well, many of them, most anybody can win. I mean, they understand this is an election. It's <laughs> this, this, this simple: the country wants to vote Democratic. I just don't want the Democrats to talk their way out of it. That's all. Uh, they uh, snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory. Yes. It, which is a term I've heard you use before. I, I got I have heard several times in the White House Donald Trump quote you and saying it's the economy, stupid. Right. Do you? Do you? Does that bother you? No, it doesn't bother me at all. And I think it's the corruption, stupid. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's corruption. Oh my God! God. It's, it's, yeah, let's go there. <laughs> but you know, it's a, a, a strange thing. This economy. First of all, it's a highly functioning economy. It came in. He right. stuck a trillion dollars worth of stimulus on it. Seventy percent of the economic gains of counties that Hillary carried. I mean, look at Tennessee, Davidson County. You're in that. Right. Nashville. This place is growing three times faster than the other place in Tennessee. And I mean, so and the, the people got nothing from the Trump. The economy is fundamentally no, no different than it was when he took office. If you look at job growth, the GDP growth. Still better under him than he was. He inherited a pretty good economy. Yeah, do you think he takes credit for things he didn't do? <laughs> Is that a loaded question? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is water wet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You sat down with uh, here at Politicon with uh, Sarah Sanders. What was your impression after sitting down with her for an hour? They're all the same. They can't answer the question, so they just like. The filibuster talking about the Democrat Party or something, and he said, well, "Look, he called the New York Times and Washington Post totally corrupt, and even people who is right. who's on there. I mean, let us know. If you, you, you say that people are not civil. Well, 
Give me which an people, example of, yeah, I said, let somebody check and see if Trump has ever called for violence. I mean, it's just that they just say anything. And you, oh, you, they actually had a woman that you saw, it's one of my favorite moments, who got up for three minutes and said, I'm a conservative, and the thing about conservatives, we're well, not allowed to be heard, because I said, you just finished for three minutes speaking. Well, how, can you, how can you tell me you're not allowed to be heard? It's so nuts. They're so crazy. There's no argument. What, what was bothersome to me, though, was watching as you talked about violence, and there were people that actually stood up and oh, said yeah. they, would, they would take up arms yes. if he's impeached. He will. Do you I, believe I, that? Yes, I think it is a real, I, I think, look, if, let's assume, give you a, a hypothetical, and this is not a remote hypothetical, he loses the election, he survives the conviction, he survives the Senate, he runs, he loses. As soon as he leaves office, he will be arrested by the New York State authorities. Yeah. Okay, as soon as he's not president, a, a urban leftist, African-American, New York attorney general is going to indict him and arrest him. Now, what are these people going to do when that happens? Yeah. I don't know. Well, and as much as she says they, his language doesn't incite violence, I would think that the... Well, there's all, there's all kind of articles about all the, how to violence. I mean, I've been there. Things, yeah, but that's just not... It is not... She actually said he doesn't use... Yeah, violent. violent language, and I'm like, okay, I don't argue. It's they got factcheck.org out there. You can just pull up when you, you know, when you're researching your story, just Google Trump violent language. Well, he's See? used it on me personally, so yeah, right. I, I, I mean, but it doesn't matter. They just say anything, anything. And, so, you, and you just sit there, and you can do one or two things. You can chase your tail, or you just say, like, so Hannity says Hillary committed all these crimes. I said, well, wait a minute. You control the entire justice system. Why are you telling me? Arrest her. Now. Yeah. I mean, There's bar. If He'll you do know, it. If you, if you know of a crime and you don't say something, that's a misprison of a felony. If, right. you, if, if Sean Hannity knows that she's a criminal and he has an obligation, he knows bar. It's the, it is the most insane it, none of this makes any sense to me. It's frightening to me. Is it to you? Yeah, it's it's, it's frightening. It's, it's like the lady that spoke for three minutes and said, I'm, I'm not allowed to speak. And like, okay. And, and she just spoke. spoke. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's get to the nut of the matter. Impeachment. Okay. Is he going to be impeached? Of course. Yeah. Will he be removed from office? Yeah, that, that is debatable. I... I, I He's 100% going to be impeached, right? L let's talk about 98. Right. And now. Right. We, even I say we, I've been President Clinton. Right. Went into it. We had a 71% approval. He's gone into it with a 41% approval. Doesn't have any. Could you imagine in the middle of Clinton teaching David Kendall being in Ukraine with, uh, with a couple of tombs? Oh. Uh, uh, just like, I don't even know who his lawyers are. I don't know what they're doing, and they have no idea what they're getting ready to get into. But now this morning, uh, Ambassador Sunderland, a million-dollar donor, right? Okay, he said, "Yeah, there was a quid pro quo," and he said there wasn't before. He reversed himself. Yes, because he was under oath, just like Sarah Huckabee Sanders 
says that there were countless of FBI agents. Yes. That, you know, and then, of course, you get under and oath, oath. And she doesn't say the that. The tune changes. All right? It doesn't yeah. matter. If I lie to you, then you know I'm a liar, but it has no legal consequence. If I lie to the grand jury, or I lied then, or I lied to the Senate committee, then I could go to jail. Well, when we come back, we'll talk to James some more. So we're back. Uh, James, I guess to pick up where we were, um, impeachment. Do you think it's coming? Yes. And what do you think? The outcome, we had asked about uh, whether or not you think it will lead to conviction and removal. Yeah, it's certain it's coming. It's, uh, I would say it's probably possible, but not probable that it'll happen. What, removal? But, yeah, you know, I think the politics of this are really good for the Democrats. Why do you think it's good for the Democrats? Well, because, you know, in sports, you don't throw the ball where the guy is, or the person is, more properly. Right. You throw where they're going to be. I know where we are now, we're in a pretty favorite position. I know more is coming. It's common sense now. You're supposed to be in a different place. Yeah. And they know that too. And they just they, they sit there and they're just scared to open their cell phone to see what's next. Were you, that takes me back to Sarah. She looked a little scared today with you. Did you get that? Well, I mean, I, I think she's probably in, in, in her defense. She's had to defend Trump, which is hard enough. And right. She knew that I was going to ask her. I mean, she I wasn't going to. I wouldn't try to bail. I think I was particularly harsh with her. But there are questions that she got to ask. It's just, you know, the truth of the matter is. is I don't know if they're bad people or good people. I assume everybody's good. They just don't have any answers. They have not yet answered uh, Ambassador Taylor's charge. No, because they can't. They just say, well, it's nothing. So, so no quid pro quo, of course, and not Ambassador Sunderland. Then there was. I mean, of course, there was. So yeah, if they're just guilty. If we, <laughs> they're guilty, yeah. guilty, guilty. We're right, they're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I've read that book. Um, if we look at impeachment, okay, he gets impeached. It moves to the Senate. There's a trial. Now, what would, in your estimation, cause the Republicans in the Senate to vote for removal? If they thought it was their political advantage. Okay. What are we going to have? Let's play this out. We have these closed-door hearings where they're gathering evidence keep leaking stuff, keep coming out. Then they're going to open and bring these witnesses back. The entire public is going to see it. Right. And it's going to have a, a house vote. It'll be dramatic. It'll be, on, it'll be all over TV. And then it'll move to the Senate. And then the, they'll have a prosecution and a defense. The facts are so heavily... You know, most crime is solved. 90% of crime is solved. Yes. Right. I mean, here we have a confession... We got ten witnesses to what happened. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt here. You, you know, it's like you've got the smoking gun, the confession, and the dead body, and, and a dead body, and say, yeah, I, I killed a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
yeah. in a ballistics match. And, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You don't have any. This is where they are. They don't have a defense. So if if we play it out, we should have public hearings like in the Watergate era, correct? Well, I think they had like a Watergate committee. I think we're going to be existing within the existing committee structure. But it's just not, it not will much be enough. hearings. Yeah, public the hearings. House, the House had like more like the Rodino. Right, the Redeem, I remember those. Right. And so they'll have the public hearings, then it'll uh, be voted on, it'll go over to the Senate, and at that point in time, I, I've said before, it, the future of the Republic may rest on the uh, sloped round shoulders of Mitch McConnell. But, but you know what, it, it, it may happen, is a lot of these senators go and say, Mitch, we don't want to take this vote. Only, there's only one time they ever voted, and that was on Andrew Johnson. Yeah. They, Susan Collins and Cory Gardner and Tom Tillis... And uh, Martha McSally, and you, you name it, Joni Ernst, they don't want to take this phone. There's no Democrat that is afraid of this phone. None. Maybe a couple of three House members, but after the, this morning, and right. Sunland, I don't think they're very nervous about it. So you picture McConnell or some, or uh, Lindsey Graham or someone going to the president and saying, saying Fuck. You, know, you don't you, got yeah, it. You, you don't got it. You may, we may lose this, but you're going to lose a lot of Republicans. Why don't you just get the hell out of here? Do you think he would do that? I don't think he'd do it because he knows that he's going to get arrested by the New York Attorney General, which is also about as close to a certainty as he can be. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've often said the day he leaves the White House on Air Force One, there will be two or three black SUVs ready to greet him wherever he lands. With- yeah, and so I... You know, maybe if he could work out some kind of immunity deal, you know, I don't know. Anything is possible. Yeah, that's. I also worry about his health. I, I think his health is questionable. But well, mentally, yeah, that's another story entirely. I mean, physically. But uh, since I got you here, I, I want to go back to something. Uh, long ago, you said to me when we did the Playboy interview. Take you back to uh, you had just finished a, a campaign. Everything you owned was in the in one suitcase, busted open on Mass Avenue. Mass Avenue, yeah, it was Mass Avenue. And you called a friend of yours and said, I got a heel. Tell me about that. It was, uh... 81? Yeah. And, uh, I had all my bags and I had this carry-on, I had a strap, and everything, I had, and it had, like, pouches I could have on the way and that and everything. And I was walking in this, uh, Massachusetts Avenue toward Union Station, and the strap broke in the train, and everything fell in and I had enough money to take the metro and go to a cheap hotel like in Silver Spring. And I called a friend of mine and said, man, I, I hate to do this, but I'm just flat out with you while. You know, what I took out of that the first time you told me was, anything's possible if you just keep trying. Yes, I mean, I, you know, I had a charm run with my right dad. didn't look like it was going to end well. <laughs> but you didn't quit. I, you know... I didn't, but I don't think I could have. If I could have, you know, like some guy won the Medal of Honor, and he said, well, there was a place to run, you know, I would have run. I, I didn't have anywhere to go. I, I think if I, if I wasn't like I gave up a lucrative law practice that I could go back to, I was 40, 38, 37, I guess. Yeah. And uh, I had nowhere to go. The other thing you told me that I remembered was you said that you didn't know about the future because uh, – the men in your family weren't long-lived. Nah, I, maybe I said my dad did not live long. He was a, yeah, that's what you said. Dad. Your dad did. My, my grandfather on my mother's side, and my grandfather on my dad's side. 
Yeah. Well, looking back on it, we're happier around. <laughs> uh, what do you think? Do you think of a legacy for American politics that you've left or that you'd like to leave? Does that ever even come into your thoughts? You know, I uh, I hope that the legacy is that you know he really enjoyed it and he kind of made politics fun. <laughs> well, you're at Politicon. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I had a, a bunch of people that I've worked with, and I, I'm a sports fan. Always, I said, you know, if I, if I look back, if I was a baseball player, I think I'd want to be Joe Morgan. They said, Joe Morgan? Yeah, they said all the tenants followed him around wherever he went. So yeah. Maybe he had a good yeah. sense to play on good teams. Maybe I had a good, good sense to play. to have good teams and good people. That well, I remember there. the first good team I saw you on, and that was, uh, we were at Fancy Farm. I met you at Fancy Farm in Kentucky. And you had a, no one thought that your candidate was going to win. No one thought your I had John Y. Brown. <laughs> we all thought saw, he was going to win. Yeah, you know, and I was in Kentucky campaign with Andrew, so I said, uh, Steve, Governor Brashear. Yeah. We were laughing about it. And uh, John Y.'s son was there. Yeah. And I said, you know, he, he caught me in the Peninsula Hotel and he said, James, how could I lose an election? Me, John Y. Brown, on gambling. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and how do you won? How did you win that? Oh, you yeah, won a lottery. And man, there was all of a sudden your candidate. There was, I remember it was overnight. You came across the lottery as, a, and all of a sudden I'm traveling, and I mean I'm seeing everywhere yard signs. I mean, people, you know, people live in Kentucky. The press was really into politics. I mean, you'd have a yeah. press conference, you'd have fifteen people. Yeah, well, in a fancy farm, you'd have yeah, fifty or sixty. Yeah. How hot was it? Did it get out there? Yeah, it got, <laughs> it got nasty hot. It's a, it's a, what were you talking about? Well, you don't explain it to you. But go ahead. It's a thing that a Catholic church in Western Kentucky puts on almost to the Mississippi River. Really yeah. Deep Western Kentucky. And every politician in the state, you have to go. Yeah. Um, it's like Dayrigo, you got to be gotta there. Go. It's and a barbecue, gotta, it's a whole thing. Right. And, and they have tents for the reporters. And, and everything. Yeah. And it's really a... Quite a thing. It's still, it's still a huge deal. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's an and your candidate was for those Wallace Wilkinson. Wilkinson. Wallace Wilkinson, and uh, no one thought Wallace was going to win. I don't think Wallace thought he was going to win. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't. I remember interviewing him after the fact. The, the other thing I want to talk to you about is the difference between you've been through what's going on. Uh, you went through an impeachment with your president. Right. What's the difference? Between well, this and then. Well, okay, let's start with 30 points. Yeah, 30. We went yeah. in at 71. He's going in at 41. Right. Right. Let's start with, I don't know who his lawyers are. Brute is supposed to be it. He's making money in the Ukraine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's going to need an attorney yeah. himself. Yeah, he's going to need a lawyer himself. Uh, and was three elements is that we, which the strategy was, overall strategy was President Clinton would just do his job. Okay, just stay out. Now, that's a big difference right, right there. Right, Trump can't do that. Yeah. Trump, Trump, totally engaged in the job. So we were attacked the prosecutor for being a pretty proved partisan. And, of course, Starr played right into it. That was successful. They don't have that because no one knows who the whistleblower is. Right. Okay, or now everybody who Starr was, no one knows. They still don't have it. The second thing is, trivialize the finish. Like, are you really going to do this over? Come on. Over fellatio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a very successful argument. 
Right. We don't like to say he didn't do it. He really... Right. It's just what you really want to do. You know? And, uh, you know, the third is the base stayed pretty intact. And, you know, we campaigned hard. And, uh... You all also worked with Congress. The thing... Now, there was a... Right after the midterm elections, I had a question to President Trump in a press conference, and I asked him, I used the word compartmentalized because that was what Clinton did. I said, if the Democrats go after you, are you going to be able to compartmentalize that and for the good of the country work with, and he said, no, it's a wartime footing. I mean, don't you consider that? I, well, I know. Well, I, 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 hey, uh, he just, he's not capable of doing that. All right? He just is, is a right. human being. He, he, he's reflexive. He's uh it's just automatic he has a reflex. And, and he's obsessive. And, and, he needs the press. I don't think he's that smart, to tell you the truth. I, I really don't. Well, I don't think you'd find me disagreeing with you. I, I, somebody pointed out, if he would have just taken the money that his daddy gave him and put it in the S&P 500, he'd be, be fine. Be point on well he is now. I mean, maybe he has a small fortune, but he's still Very small. Fortune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's like, how do you, how do you make a million dollars in horse racing? Start with five. <laughs> I've asked this question in a couple of different ways. Do you think he's done irreparable harm to the U.S., or can we heal from what he has done to the U.S.? Well, you can heal. Right? But the, the, one of the things that is particularly troubling is our, our, a country like us, we're only as good as our word. Our word. And, of course, no one even remotely believes anything that we say he does. Nobody believes anything he said, yeah. First, our thing is we've had our whole infrastructure, State Department, CIA, FBI, to the entire federal workforce, EPA, totally demoralized, totally disappointed. Can we get it back? Sure, but it's going to take work. Usually, new president comes in, you have... The whole federal workforce, the whole everything is intact. Right. It's not the case now. No, so, but he has appointed judges. A, a lot. You know, it's going to be a, a issue going forward. There are those who say that um, they blame Obama for some of that, that he didn't appoint enough judges, that his bench strength well, with the Democrats he wasn't. Obama from Mary Garland not being a Supreme Court. When we come back, I'll take a quick break and we'll come back with some final thoughts. All right, we're back, James. And I guess uh, who's you've worked with uh, the press a lot in your life. A, do you think we're the enemy of the people? No, like the other thing is some people are good, some people make mistakes, and some people do great work. Uh, I'm not a promoter or an attacker of the press. You know, some people. Uh, very conscientious, work really hard. Uh, I think most of them are. I tried to do one thing, I tried to do one thing. Tell me who are these people? Let's name names. You just can't go and attack the press. I don't even know what that is. Right. Media, I have no idea. Right. What, what does that mean? What, what, who is in it? But, but 
if you do, you're going to say that they're the enemy of the people or they're totally corrupt and give an example of corruption. Who's the best you've ever seen as far as reporters? Who do you who, who do you think was the toughest? Well, I, the toughest is not... No present company real, accepted. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> it's not the example. I mean, who, like, wielded the most force? Uh, maybe, maybe Russia did his name. Yeah. But, you know, was put up. The best reporter was probably Richard Ben Crane. What it takes, 1988. I mean, he right. was skilled. I mean, there's been some great. You know, my friend Al Hunt, who I do a podcast with. I mean, there's, uh, you know, the, the journalism is like any other profession. There's some are better than others. <laughs> you know, you've right. been around for a long time. So yeah. you know. Well, I know. I'm an old fart. I, I officially have old fart status. I get discounts at some, certain furniture stores. <laughs> um, but let's talk what's really important sports. Okay. <laughs> You're an LSU fan. Pistol Pete Maravich? Oh, yeah. I used to love going to the game. Man. Did you go? Oh, yeah. I would see Kentucky play LSU. That was at Freedom Hall I saw him one year. Oh, right. They played Freedom Hall. Yeah. Kentucky was at the tournament. No, it was, it was Kentucky would play one or two games a year in Louisville. That ain't happening anymore. That ain't happening no more. No, Louisville since, uh, well, after they became prominent, they, they kind of dropped that but yeah Kentucky used to play what, what, what do you prefer basketball baseball football they're all the same in season, that's what I'm for. I, I'm all right. a, so who do you like in the uh, series World Series well huge national I've been, I've been season tickets since 2005 I just got to think Max Scherzer scratch tonight we have Joe Ross pitch against Jerry Cole so. I was pissed off we started out 2-0 and oh, and we we got creamed last night yeah, baseball how many people do we leave on base I'm a lot we've left a lot of people Left a small village. <laughs> and in football, who's your favorite NFL? The Saints. Saints? Yeah, we got it. We just smoked our own. You got a new quarterback. Well, now we're Drew's back. Is he? Yeah. I'm still a Packer fan. Have to go there. Catholic boy. Catholic. There you go. With, well, Lombardi. Lombardi. Goes back to Lombardi. My dad was... Was going to play for Lombardi. Do something about Notre Dame. <laughs> Pardon? Notre Dame got smoked. Yesterday. Yeah, they did get smoked, didn't they? I, well, and I've been a Notre Dame fan. Cheer, cheer for old Notre Dame, but not today. Well, listen, James, I really do appreciate you doing this. And I, anytime you're you're welcome. Thank you, sir. <laughs> and many years ago. Yeah. Well, all right. You, we could talk about this, uh, the, the, the Playboy interview at some time Larry off Flint's the record. Plane. Larry Flynn's plane. All That's right. All righty. Thank you. Uh, that is Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam. Thanks for joining us. Quick story. The People versus Larry Flynn. On that set, I conducted the Playboy interview with James Carville. Then we flew on Larry Flynn's private jet to Portland, Oregon to finish the Playboy interview where James saw his wife, Mary Madeline, for the first time in three days after spending three days with me. He had asked me for three strikes. If he said anything stupid, he said he just wanted to take back three things. The only thing he took back was, as he saw his wife, when he got off the plane, she was in a flowing red chiffon gown. And James said to his wife, My, my, honey, but you have a fine ass. He turned to me and he said, Brian, you better say fine figure for that magazine of yours. I don't want my young girls growing up knowing I'm the hound that I am. And that's the truth. We'll catch you next time on Just Ask the Question. <laughs>